0: Hello, and welcome to LSA's Sermon-Based Podcast. Today is Mother's Day, and Karen Moran will be bringing a special message just for you. We hope that you are blessed by the Word of God today. And now, here is Karen Moran. Good morning. I wanted to call this message, The Big But. Um, I know. I think there would be some confusion. So, it's, it's called but God. Of all the days I've been asked, would have been asked to speak, today would have been my, my last choice. But uh, we're going to get to that a little bit later. So I want to start with a disclaimer. Um, I am a hot mess. <laughs> I, I mess up a lot. I make a lot of mistakes and I make them over and over again, maybe you can, can relate. I don't have it all figured out. Uh, I'm not sure about a lot of things, but I am sure of this, that God is real, and God is good. I want to tell you two stories. One is ancient, and one is personal. Both stories are true. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Oh, the first time I heard that, and it was actually here at Lakeshore, um, oh, I got all warm and squishy. And it was really comforting. But he, and it is, it is very comforting, but here's the thing. When you find a verse, a verse, and it really lights you up, or it makes you curious, it's so helpful to read the verses before and the verses after. We need to let the text speak to us, speak for itself, instead of using a verse like a bumper sticker and putting our own meaning on it. So it's always good to check out the verses before and after and know the context in the story. And so that's where we're going to start this morning. In, uh, in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet in the Old Testament, and the entire book of Jeremiah is God speaking to the children of Israel through Jeremiah, like a letter, like a letter from a father to his children. And... The Jews were in exile to Babylon. The exile was God's response to their pagan worship um, of idols. And we see this over and over again, don't we? They're, you know, the children of Israel and God, they're good. Things are doing well. They're thriving. And then they get comfortable, and they fall away, and they start to worship other things other than God. And then the wheels fall off, and... Then they call out to God and then they get close to God again And maybe you can see that pattern in your own life or in the world around us Um, Now back to the children of Israel and their idol worship We think of idol worship as something that's primitive, right? In Merriam-Webster's dictionary the definition of an idol is an image worshipped as a god That's what we think of, I think it's also a greatly loved and admired person or thing. The people, the people of Israel, said Jeremiah, are like an unfaithful wife or a rebellious child. Their infidelity and their rebelliousness made judgment inevitable. So around 586 B.C., the Jerusalem, beautiful Jerusalem, and its beautiful temple were destroyed. This is a problem. <laughs> it was a big problem. This was their home. This was something they had invested time in. The temple was where God lived. So guess what? If they there wasn't a place for them to meet with God, or so they thought. The The end of so jerusalem ended the existence of it ended they were taken into babylon they're in a strange place with a strange culture and under the rule of a king king nebuchadnezzar who did not have their best interest and heart now if we back it up the verse before our key verse from today um, in verse 10 God tells the children that they're going to be staying in Babylon for a while, for a long while. But he encourages them to thrive. And then he says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promises to bring you back to this place. So he's made them a promise, he's given them hope. And then he tells them why he tells them why they should they should just thrive where they're at for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future and then then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will hear you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart You see the full context? You see the bigger picture? It's even better. Let's fast forward to about 20, 25 years ago. And this is is why today wouldn't have been my first choice for a day to speak. Um, Back then, and I was attending Lakeshore St. Andrews, um, I hated Mother's Day. I, I knew, like, I have a mom. I knew it was a day to honor my mother. It was a day to honor my mother-in-law. All the mothers in my life. And I did. I did the dutiful thing. And I do appreciate my mom and all the other moms in my life. But it was a yearly reminder that I was not a mom. They used to... Have young young kids at the doorway with flowers and they would give flowers to everybody. And I would like I would politely say no <laughs> for kids. I'd say no. And they'd go, I think they had orders, you know, give the flower to the women. And I would be no, thank you. And they go, No, it's for you. And I would like push the like, get that out of my face. So if you were one of those kids, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I hope you've gotten over it. Um, I just, I just, I didn't feel like I deserved that flower, because I wasn't a mom. I had a plan. I had a plan, you see, I was going to get married, and I was going to have a whole lot of children. I felt like my resume was solid, and I thought, you know, I was just the person for the job. But year after year, it was not happening, and I would kept praying to God. I'm like God. I have this plan. I've got this dream. I have this passion. Why aren't you? Uh, why aren't you signing off on it? And uh, I and there is. I want to make it clear. There's nothing wrong with dreams, with passions, with plans. We got to make plans. We got to have. We got to have dreams. The Bible tells us that without a vision, the people perish. We need to have vision. But we need to line it up with God. And I had not exactly done that. And I became obsessed. I was obsessed with my plan. I, everywhere I looked, everyone was pregnant. Like I'd walk into a room and everybody was pregnant. I mean, you know, all the ladies. <laughs> and everybody had a small child. And it was like, come on, everybody but me, of course. I had so many hopes and dreams, and my identity was tied up in being a mother. So I had this plan about my potential identity to be a mom, and I had to be a mom. Uh, But God, but God. God had a plan. God had a good plan. After about five years or so, um, God was really speaking, well, God was always speaking to me. I started to listen a little more. There's wisdom in wise counsel, right? Wise counsel is important, and God speaks through other people. And I heard it said, um, it was a teaching from Joyce Meyer, and she said, are you seeking God's hand, or are you seeking God's face? Are you seeking what God can give you? Or are you seeking who he is? I was looking to God for what he could give me. Status, status as a mom, identity as a mother, purpose. I couldn't see any purpose other than being a mom. And I was looking to God for that. I wanted him to give me those things. But I wasn't seeking him i wasn't seeking god's goodness i wasn't seeking the father's loving heart i wasn't looking for his other promises there's so many and the bible is a love letter full of promises to all of us i would go as far to say that my own My own striving to be a mom, my like obsession with being a mom, was my idol. So if we go back to that definition, it's an image worshipped as a God. It's a greatly loved and admired person or thing. And you see, as Jesus followers, this is a problem. Because God's supposed to be number one. We point our eyes to Him, our hearts to Him, our intentions to Him. When our when we set our sights on something other than Him, we set them lower. That becomes our God. You see that that becomes an idol. So I had this plan, but God, but God had His own plan, and it was a good plan so the first oh you're doing good brennan's awesome by the way our slide guru back there yes give him a hand he's awesome (laughs) thank you as i'm just babbling up here and i'm like i hope the slides are matching what's coming out of my mouth but apparently they are so god has a good plan so we all have plans but god has a good plan now it's not easy and it's not pain-free i can promise you that this is not my first rodeo, so I can I've seen patterns in my life and in the patterns of life and the pattern of lives of people around me, and I can tell you that uh, that God is good and He has a good plan, and uh, but it's and it's not always easy. But if you wait, you'll see. God sees what we cannot see. Sometimes you have to look back over many years to see perhaps some of what he saw back then. God knows what we cannot know. He operates in a totally different way than we do. He sees our story, the story of humankind from beginning to end, like a scroll that's been rolled out. In Isaiah 55, it tells us that God speaking says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than, than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Second point, why does God have a good plan? Like why, should, you know, why should we even believe that? Well, if you believe what God's word tells us about the character of God, he is good and he loves you deeply. He loves every person deeply and wants to show you his love and to bless you. God loves us not because of who we think we are. God loved me be- not because of who I thought I should be or who I think I am. He does not love you because you work hard, because you hustle. That doesn't mean a thing. God loves you because you are his child, period. If you believe in God, if you believe that he is real and He is the creator of the universe and everything in it, if you believe that he came in the form of a man as Jesus and paid a price that we could not pay, That he did not want us to pay for your sins. You are God's child, and that is it. You don't need anything else. You can stop trying to earn work, hustle, strive. In Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's still a burden. It's still a yoke. There's still work to be done. It's not simple. It's not, it's not trouble-free. It's not pain-free. But life with Jesus is so much better than going on your own. I like the paraphrase, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, the message, its a version of this verse. He says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I was not resting in God. I was trying and hustling to make things different than they were. I was trying to bend my reality. And again, there's nothing wrong with a dream or a plan, but we need to start with God. I am so many things, as far as the world is concerned, I am a mom and a friend and a sister. I'm a teacher. I'm a worship leader. But at my foundation, at my very core, I am a child of God. Nothing can change that. When we focus on things other than God, remember, and we put other things in front of him, we lose perspective when we're looking for meaning, purpose, and identity in these other things. For my own part, I was looking for God's hand and not for his face. I had lost perspective, and I was exhausted and miserable, so miserable. I needed to learn, once again, the unforced rhythms of grace. Number three... We have our part. God is not a cosmic vending machine. You could have all the loonies in the world, and I think that's what I was doing. I just kept putting the coins in the machine, trying, striving, praying the right prayers, trying to do the right thing into that cosmic vending machine, and it's empty. If we choose to follow God, we are choosing relationships. And it's a two-way street, right? It's reciprocal. So after six years of surgery and drugs and all kinds of medical intervention, uh, it was a dismal failure. It was not happening. Mother's Day was still frustrating, painful. I was still not a mom. And I was finally brought to the end of myself. I was brought to the end of that plan, because it's like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe this plan is not going to happen. And I remember so clearly talking to a friend about my frustrations, and, and she was so sweet, and she was so kind, and she said, I'm going to pray that you get pregnant right away, which is really, you know, and that, that was lovely, and I appreciate it, but I said, without even thinking, I said, no, don't pray that. Pray that whatever happens i will have peace and i'm telling you like if she had said that two weeks prior i would have got i would have said yes and amen let's have that prayer but god was doing a work behind the scenes and he was shifting there was a shift in my heart there was a change in me help me to accept whatever is going to happen with peace because i was desperate for peace I was so hungry for it, and I was starting to desire God's face and not his hand. So I had my part. The children of Israel had their part as well. In Jeremiah 29, verse 12, this is their part. You will call on me and come and pray to me and i will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart the children of israel needed to call out to god he promises to listen and he had to seek him with all of their heart with everything in them and his promise was that he would be found. God will listen. God will, wants to be found. But he's a gentleman. He's not forcing himself on any of us. He's just waiting for us to turn to him. And I had my own turning point. I needed to surrender to God, to his plan, to his good plan. I needed to surrender to God's goodness, God's timing, I need to remember who I was in Christ, that no matter what happened in my life, I was his child and that is good enough. That I didn't need to be a mom or a rock star <laughs> or any of the other crazy dreams that I've had. I didn't need all of that because he is enough. And this is where I have found my truest identity, that core identity. That part of me that's unshakable, no matter what happens in my circumstances. And most of all, this is where I found my peace. And oh, it's so good. It is so good. God did give me a baby. And that was part of his plan. He answered my prayer, but he gave me so much more. And that is the heart of the Father. And I can honestly say if God did not answer the prayer the way he did, that I would still be able to stand here today and tell you that God is good. I got to learn how to surrender, a lesson that I relearn over and over in my life. I got to find peace. I got things I didn't even ask for, things I didn't know that I needed. This is a lifelong lesson, and it's learning and relearning. Now, I make plans, I keep making plans all the time. I had plans after baby number one I'd be like, okay, good, we got that settled. Now I'd like baby number two and three, maybe a set of twins, and that would just kind of wrap things up nicely. <laughs> but that didn't happen. That didn't happen. And I prayed just as hard. But it was different. It was different. Because I had seen God's God working in my life. I still have... Plans that get frustrated. I have plans on hold, on the back burner. I have unanswered prayers for physical healing, for spiritual healing, for myself, for people that I love. But God, but God has a plan, and it is good. I just can't see it yet. What plans do you have that are being frustrated? What plans have you had that have been shattered? Perhaps you have your own idol. Do you have an identity? Or are you chasing after things, material things, social status, a job? that you have poured all your efforts in, that you've poured all your heart and soul into? Is it leaving you empty, frustrated? Are you focused on the gift and not the giver? Are you seeking God's hand or are you seeking God's face? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Let's pray. God, we need you. We need you for hope. We know that you have a future for all of us. I just pray now, even in this place, that you would take our plans and overlay them with your plans. Help us to seek your face, God, your love, your favor, your goodness, your character, your Father's heart. And help us to yield to your plan. Help us to fold our plan into your plan, knowing that you are a good God because you love us just because of who we are in Jesus. Help us to do our part, God. Make us brave. Make us outrageously courageous to seek you to turn to and listen for your voice, God. And we know that you will hear us. Thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that this podcast has blessed you today. And we would appreciate it if you liked, shared, and subscribed to our channel. Or maybe you would like to partner with our ministries just go to lsa.church forward slash give. Or if you're ever in our area, we would love to see you in person. Until next time, be blessed and we'll see you soon.